Welcome to this episode of Self Made. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me on the show today is the founder and president of IAA Private Wealth Advisors. Please help me welcome Stan LeConte to Self Made. Stan, happy to have you on the show, brother. Pleasure being here. Pleasure being here. Uh, thank you very much. Man, you have a very impressive resume, but I really want to take my viewers on this journey to see how you got to where you are. So let's set the stage by starting at your childhood, and, and you let me know. Where did you grow up and what your childhood was like? All right, all right. Well, well, Damon, I, I grew up in Queens, New York. To, to say specifically, I grew up in Queens Village, New York, right? Okay. Uh, I'm very proud of that. Uh, first, I was born in uh, Brooklyn Jewish Hospital, so like most of our Caribbean heritage individuals were born in Brooklyn, yeah. right? And then we, uh, we migrate to other places in the city. I wound up spending, you know, majority of my life in Queens. Okay. Right? And uh, that was a great upbringing, man. We, we used to do everything, play football, uh, you know, go on journeys, and we had a camaraderie, a nice little tight group of individuals. Yeah. And uh, each one of us have found some prominence out there, but I would say, uh, you know, I, I went to a private school, uh -huh. Saints Joker and Ann, uh, from kindergarten to uh, eighth grade. Uh, in the hood, right in the middle of the hood. So I had to wear a uniform, yeah. and I had to travel back and forth, walk, you know, 10 blocks plus into the, the hood to get to my school. And then after school, I'd have to walk back through the hood to get home. So wow. uh, I would say in that private school, you know, everything was great. But once we got out those doors, yeah. it was real. Different world. Different world. Something you had to really deal with. Uh, so we take, we take the uniforms off and uh, try to assimilate with everyone else so we wouldn't right. get in too much trouble. Right, so, <laughs> so what kind of challenges uh, or obstacles did you face uh, as a child growing up in uh, that environment? Oh, very, very well, very good question. Well, you know, the fact that I come from a Caribbean background and, you know, our parents, you know, their culture, awesome culture, they give you great things, but yeah. it, it's not assimilated to what's going on currently, right? So you're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, right? So yeah. you're talking to your friends and you're trying to be cool or, or just, you know, be in a place where you're accepted. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work out, man, because you're just not there yet. So you have to learn a lot heuristically, right? Yeah. By fire. So th those are the type of challenges I had to go through being Caribbean background and not assimilating to, you know, the way of that particular culture. So what, uh, did you grow up in a single family household or both parents or what, what was that like? Both parents. Both yeah, parents. Yeah, very right? fortunate to have both my mom and dad who sacrificed everything, man. Marlene and Leon LeConte did a great job with my sister and I. Uh, you know, they put us through private school from the very beginning all the way up to eighth grade. You know, very challenging task uh, yeah. for them with modest, modest earnings. We're able to sacrifice that and make that happen. How did that uh, education help you? Uh, to, to this day, you know, the discipline and the, the fact that, you know, you were held accountable. Yeah. Uh, you know, very small class sizes, so you would get able to get the details that you needed 
on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and, and that helps me out to today. I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm what you call a, a, a slow bloomer, a late bloomer, <laughs> right? So it, I didn't catch on right away, but yeah. I got it eventually. All those yeah. teachings finally came in later on uh, at some point where I was like, oh, that's what they were trying to do. Right, right. That's what they were trying to teach me. So it gave you, know, it gave you a solid foundation. Absolutely. What about absolutely. high school? What was high school like? High school was a whole different world. So uh, story here, uh, I wanted to play football. Uh, we all played football, right? So we have, you know, uh, people from Andrew Jackson High School, from Bayside High School, from Holy Cross High School, and I wanted to play football. I was yeah. just one of those guys, uh, very athletic, and my parents wouldn't allow me. Really? They was, no, you're not playing football. We don't know what that is. You're not going to come back with any broken bones or anything like that. Yeah. No. So I had to, on my own, register myself, play a little bit of football, and by the time they figured it out, uh -huh. I was already on the team. <laughs> All right? so what was the reaction once they feel like figured out you were on the team? You know, it was like, well, you're good enough to make the team. Just, you know, make sure you do well on your schoolwork, right? right. So one of the big things about the Caribbean and most African-Americans, do good in school, man. Right. That's all. Just do right. good in school and uh, stay out of trouble. And those are the two things that you had to deal with. Right. right. So as long as I followed those rules, I was okay. Okay. So you uh, graduate from high school. And so take, take me on your journey from there. All right, so high school is very challenging. Let, let me take it back a little bit, man. So uh, I went to school with some really good people, right? Some people that we know today, prominent people, right? Yeah. So uh, in that little small school in Hollis, Queens, uh, I went to school with Steve Stout. I went to school with Irv Lorenzo, or Irv Gotti, as they like to call him, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, around that area was the FUBU individuals, those guys, you know? Yeah. So we're all in that same little niche of going to school. And, uh, you know, I get to high school and uh, they always say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? They always right. ask you, right? right? I said an accountant from day one. I didn't want to be a doctor, engineer. I didn't want to be a lawyer, any of that. I said accountant and they leave me alone and I go about my business. Yeah. So when I get to Bayside, one of the things that they were very good was their business school, right? In, in accounting. So yeah. it kind of fit the mold. I actually went there to play football, but actually get, got a, an accounting background at the end of it. Gotcha. Right. Yep. So uh, I played football for four years, uh, very good at that, and had a chance to go play college football at a lower level, smaller level uh, in North Carolina, and uh, kind of left New York early. Right after, right after I graduated, I was yep. on a plane in North Carolina to yep. play football. Yeah. Wow. So, so how did your uh, parents, the uh, your upbringing, how did that play a part in uh, who you are today? Very good. So you know, my mom is very prideful individual. She's taken, you know, she would take her time to make sure that I'll get the lessons. Uh, she put me into various things that were not football, right? Yeah. So, you know, she put me into piano, she put me into guitar, just trying to get me cultured. Right. Uh, she would take me to, you know, different places on vacations. I've been to Europe a number of times uh, as a child. So she tried to culture me uh, yeah. at a very young, young age. So uh, that, you know, that within itself, uh, help me to be the person that I am today. Just making my parents just really put a lot of hard work with us. Yeah. Understood. So you, you go to college, you play football, and um, how do you start your your uh, professional career? Where, where do you uh, go first? Right. So uh stay my, my stint in uh, North Carolina, the Bible Belt, uh, from New York. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, just didn't work out. You know, just uh, the Bible Belt, Fresh out of New York, I didn't assimilate very well, and uh, 
you know, before I know it, it was time to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, my parents in that transition, you know, they kind of stayed back because they wanted to move to Florida all along. They kind of stayed back and let me finish my senior year and, uh, and to play football uh, because those were my aspirations and they sacrificed that. And as soon as I was done, they moved to Florida. Okay. okay. And uh, once they moved and I had no other direction to go, I kind of went with my parents and uh, enrolled into a junior college and got some credits and uh, transferred over to Florida International University, which is further south in right. Miami. And from there, I uh, got my degrees. Yes. Uh, but in between, in between that time, uh, I met a lovely lady, uh, had two kids, and, uh, my daughter Brittany and my uh, daughter Cheyenne yeah. uh, in that time and kind of derailed uh, the timing of it, right? So right. I didn't get my bachelor's degree till I was 33 years old. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, that's, that happens. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's important that you, you finish it. So how did you get into wealth management? Because that's, uh, you know, an area that... Uh, you don't see, a, you know, it's not an abundant number of African-Americans in that space. No, absolutely. Uh, very, very true statement. So, uh, you know, got my accounting degree, started working in a uh, comprehensive mental health uh, facility as an mm -hmm. accountant. Okay. Uh, doing accounting work, not a CPA, but doing an accountant work. And like I said, you know, I grew up with some really great people. And as, I, as I'm doing my professional career, I'm watching these individuals do amazing things with their lives. And I'm like... Stan, you're missing something. <laughs> you're just as talented or you should be doing greater things because you all grew up and assimilated together. You all have yeah. the same drive, the same goals, the same heart, and the same zeal, and uh, you're missing something, right? Right, right. So I uh, went back to school and got my finance degree, and within that process, one of my professors said, you should go for the Certified Financial Planner designation. I took that course, and within that course, one of the uh, branch managers at a Fortune 200 company was there, took a liking to me, told me to come into their uh, facility, uh -huh. and I got hired as a financial advisor. Right? Okay. I didn't know what a uh, hubcap from a mutual fund was at that particular <laughs> time, and uh, went through their uh, training program. And yeah. uh, I would say the first year out, I was a fast-track individual. I had the most uh, plans or accounts in the first year than any other individual in that particular region. Yeah. So I was a fast-tracked individual. So, you know, obviously um, financial planning and um, retirement planning and financial uh, literacy is a big deal in um, the African-American community, especially because, you know, oftentimes that knowledge and those resources are unavailable uh, to our people. So uh, in your particular uh, position, how are you using uh, your role to help uh, communities of color or underserved individuals? Yeah, so I've been doing this throughout my career, giving back. So the community has been very good to me, uh, you know, and accepting me and, and allowing me to flourish within my uh, position as a wealth manager. So I go back out into different catchment areas and I do financial literacy education, yeah. uh, which has been, you know, very heavy to my heart. I, I do it to the, you know, the inner cities of uh, Miami and Fort Lauderdale and you know, whichever school would allow me to come and speak to them. Yeah. But giving back financial literacy is a big deal uh, to me at yeah. this particular time. Uh, I even I have a, cur a curriculum that I've created from, from all the years. Uh, I have a program out that I do sp specifically for the kids. And then uh, uh, for the high school uh, kids, I have a program 
again, to go through what they would need to be successful once they get to the NFL, okay? Gotcha. Uh, so I think that's important because I do sit, I do see a lot of different uh, opportunities for them with they're just missing it, right? They don't have, like I said, we grew up uh, with not all the guidance that we needed, right? right? right. Uh, and uh, financial literacy is one of those things that if you're not taught, no one's gonna teach you. Right. right. So what do you find most rewarding about uh, your occupation, your, your career? Yeah, well, you know, it's the, it's the ability to be where I wanted to be in the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, started off uh, wanting to pursue my uh, athletic career. Um, I got into the music business at, at some point within that time frame. Uh, was successful in that area as well. And uh, wealth management allows me to bring it back full circle to still be a value to these individuals, but on the financial side. So I could work with NFL and NBA players and entertainers and right. every walk of life and still be part of that uh, you know, region, but on the wealth management side. Right. So uh, tell my viewers, uh, what inspired you to open your own firm, but also tell us more about, about your company? Sure. So when I uh, started off, I was on a fast track. I was promoted, I would say, every other year to a position uh, where I would be, uh, you know, teaching or uh, guiding some other advisors that may be more my age, uh, double my age, right? Yeah. Teaching them and uh, being successful at it. Right. And uh, I was given a role as the associate branch manager, which is a big deal. There's very few of us in the financial services anyway. Yeah. And to be given that leadership role was uh, was amazing. Yeah. So I did that for 10 years and uh, I was in the, I had an opportunity to work with some really high net worth individuals and I couldn't service them at uh, the firm that I was. Yeah. So I decided to go independent. Uh, so I am an independent advisor. I work under uh, a brokerage firm called Indep International Assets Advisory and International Assets Advisory Management. Okay. okay? They are my broker dealer. So I work independently of them and my company is called IAA Private Wealth Advisors. Uh, okay. So I formed that company five years ago. We are independent in the independent space and we service high net worth individuals uh, with their asset management, tax planning, and uh, making sure that they're making the best decisions moving forward. Right, so tell me uh, your philosophy on generational wealth because obviously being in the financial uh, management uh, business coming from uh, Queens, uh, you know that there's obviously a, a significant wealth gap uh, here in America. So what, what's your, your philosophy there? And, and I want to speak to everyone that I can, right? I want right. to put my arms around everyone and give them the knowledge that I have here. I have so much knowledge to give them. I believe one of the reasons they don't take advantage of the things that are available to them is because they don't have the information. Though right. They don't know where to seek the information. And I want to be that resource where they can be a one-stop shop and say, hey, uh, I want to do this advanced tax planning. How do I do it? Yeah. Who do I need to speak to? And I can be that person to be the quarterback and make sure that all those steps get done right. in the efficient manner to make sure that they're okay. Now, as you mentioned uh, about generational wealth, I mean, generational wealth to me is very, very important. And uh, our people kind of miss it a little bit simply because, you know, they don't believe in life insurance, 
some don't believe in planning. Yeah. And again, uh, most of us learn heuristically, which is trial by fire, right? Yeah. So we try a few things, it doesn't work, then we go the other way that it does work, but right. that can cost you time uh, and and, uh, and a lot of opportunity. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So. And and when you delay uh, financial uh, planning and sound uh, financial management, uh, that's something where the timing could be generational and not necessarily uh, a you know a matter of months or, or years. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the longer you wait, right. uh, you know, the time value of money erodes and opportunities erode uh, right. as well. Who has uh, inspired you or mentored you to help you get to where you are today? Well, uh, that's a very good question. So I have, I have a lot of great mentors, um, you know, a lot being in my fraternity, uh, Kappa Alpha Psi Incorporated. Greatest fraternity in the world. Greatest fraternity in the world, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I use a lot of, uh, you know, my, the, the individuals in my neighborhood, you know, yeah. Damon John, uh, FUBU, Keith Perrin, uh, James Alexander, those guys are doing it at a high level. I haven't gotten there yet, but my zeal, my fire, uh, won't stop. Right. Won't right. stop. Diddy moves. So you uh, you mentioned uh, that you are a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, and of course, uh, oftentimes people hear about uh, fraternities and sororities, and they think about you know colleges and the Greek life, etc. But Talk about uh, Kappa Alpha Psi and, and what role it plays in your life and the type of work uh, that's been done in the community with this, uh, the great fraternal organization. Great fraternal organization. Well, uh, there's nothing like being in the bond, uh, first and foremost, for those individuals who don't know. Uh, you have mentors in any, every region of the world, right? right? So you can, I could pick up the phone and call someone in Chicago, I could call someone in the Bahamas, and I will get just as much feedback and energy from that individual, and I have made, never met him in That's one right. day. That's right. Okay? That's right. Uh, so the, we do a lot of work for the Kappa Leaguers. We try to give them as much education and scholarships so they have the ability to, you know, move on to the next level. Yep. We help them with their public speaking. We help them with their financial literacy. We help them with their socialization. We just help each of those individuals move forward and to aspire to be a great individual and achieve at the highest level. Yeah, and that's that's the great thing about uh, the uh, fraternity. I, I was actually in uh, Nassau a few years ago and I had met a whole group of uh, noobs, a uh, group of uh, uh, mega, mega men that just came out and fellowship right. with us and it was like I had been knowing everybody my entire life, right? right? right. And, and I still uh, stay in touch with all those guys uh, to this very day. Uh, I want to ask you though, if you have a young person right now in college that's considering getting into uh, wealth management, financial services, what advice would you, would you give them? Yes, this is a very good question. So you want to have a, a good natural market, right? For what I mean by a good natural market is get your parents and your family involved in their individuals because those are the people that are going to help you initially, all right? Yeah. And then you have to network and develop uh, 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 infrastructure, a center of influence. Yep. So you need a great center of influence first and foremost because one of the things that do happen to us, even though we aspire to be in this industry, mm -hmm. we get in, but we can't stay in, right. okay? And, uh, and that's unfortunate. So uh, you wanna prepare yourself in that aspect first and then be prepared to work seven days a week yeah. 
20, 20 plus hours a day. Yeah. Okay. Four hours of sleep and uh, be tenacious. Uh, there's going to be plenty of no's. There's going to be plenty of maybes. You just keep moving right. with that tenacity and the zeal and opportunities will show up. Just stay in the business and uh, be uh, ethical. All right. Uh, be a fiduciary in your, in your, in your process yeah. and uh, be, uh, you know, just be yourself right, at that right. particular time and, uh, you know, study. You right, know, right. Study. But now you have a number of certifications, uh, you know, uh, that shows your commitment to uh, continuing education, uh, being a habitual learner, right? right? Uh, so why was it so important to you to pursue all of the additional education and certifications? It's very important, um, you know, because I didn't come from a financial family. I didn't come from a financial background. Um, I did study, uh, you know, accounting and finance. Yeah. But it's important to uh, always strive for greatness, yeah. you know. And for me, it keeps me above the competition or at the competition. Right. And when I walk through the door, opposed to someone else walking through the door, those credentials actually help me just be on an even playing field, right? Right. right. Uh, so if I'm just a financial advisor and someone else is a financial advisor, they automatically have the edge. So I have to bring myself up to their level. Right. And with that being said, you know, I, got, I have my CRPC de advanced designation, which means I'm a chartered retirement planning counselor, uh -huh. which, make, which makes me proficient in retirement planning. Yeah. Uh, just recently on July 15th, 2022, I just passed the national exam for cert to be the certified financial planner. Now this is the gold standard, man. This yeah. is the top of the food chain right, right here. So right. I just passed that exam to uh, to have the certified financial planner designation yeah. behind my name as well, which is a big deal. Because Absolutely. There's only 1,600 of us nationwide. Right. And right. what percentage of that is African American? Well, there's 92. Thousand nationwide, and of those, sixteen hundred are, Afri are African American. I'm with so you I would now. say gotcha. one point eight percent would be African American. Right, and so you know, when in business, uh, we all face uh, some challenges on our journey. What has been or have been the most significant challenge or challenges uh, that you faced uh, in the journey to be where you are now? Well, there's a lot of competition, yeah. right? So uh, it seems that everyone has a Series 7 or a Series 66 and is a financial advisor, or someone's uncle or aunt is a financial advisor. So when I come around, they could say I work with a family member or, you know, I've sp I spoke to five of you guys already, right? right. So <laughs> just to differentiate yourself and just to get through the door, it's first uh, criteria that's the challenging for me, right? Right. Uh, but once you get through the door, you have to gain that individual's trust, yeah. right? So I usually ask for 10% and I'll earn the other 90 yeah. uh, percent of their trust at that particular time. And once you have that, then it's, uh, the challenges are just making sure you maintain the relationship. This right. is a relationship business, Absolutely, right? So uh, you just maintain the relationship. And uh, as one great financial advisor told me when I first started, yeah. Just stay in the business, man. <laughs> Just stay in the business. You'll be fine. So, uh, of course, the name of this show is Self Made. And so I want to ask you, in your own words, your own opinion, what do you think it means to be self made? Well, uh, self made to me, I would say, is the ability 
to reroute yourself or pick yourself up the floor, get up as many times as you need to, to get to the level that you want to get to. Yeah. All right. And never, never taking no, never retreating and having the commitment every day to build what you see and vision in yourself. Right. Okay. For me, I don't know if it's ever going to stop. <laughs> I just have this fire. I just yeah. have to keep going. Right. You know, I don't right. know what the next challenge is off for me, but I know it's out there. Yeah. And Absolutely. I'm going to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Stan, I want to ask you briefly, and uh, getting ready to wrap the show up, what would you like for your legacy to be? I would like for people to know me, Stan Laconte, as someone very honest, someone who was a straight shooter, uh, very professional, uh, loving, father, husband, boyfriend, uh, son to, to those individuals. And, uh, you know, they gave back to the community uh, with his passion, wealth management, financial literacy, which is probably going to be my biggest legacy. Yeah. Leaving that behind is the financial literacy piece that I have going on right now. Right. right. And so in about 30 seconds, tell me what's next. What's on the horizon for you? What's next for me? Well, going on tour. Uh, going on a financial literacy tour with uh, about 32 schools. We're giving out 20,000 tablets. We're going to talk about financial literacy. We're gonna talk about money lit. Um, and and uh, that's gonna be exciting for me. Uh, also, we have a new recruiting class. So uh, 2021 was a great recruiting class of uh, new NFL kids. We got a new recruiting class coming in, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And uh, you know, just, just being a value to everyone out there, man. That's, that's, that's all I want to be, a value. Well, you, you're doing a good job, man, and I'm, I'm proud to know you, uh, proud to call you my fraternity brother. Absolutely. And uh, you're doing things that are going to make a difference in uh, our communities and help change the trajectory of, uh, of lives because, as we all know, it's one thing to earn money, and it's something totally different to keep it and grow it and pass it on Absolutely. for generation and generation to come. So thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. and. Uh, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To my viewers, thank you for watching this episode of Self Made with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.